Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from your company name here. Your studios in Cape Coral, Florida. It's the What's in Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy. What's up? What's up? What's up? OG5. It never surprises me how much damage 10 days of open windows and humidity does on a Mackie mixing board. That sucks. But anyhow, we're working on it. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Another episode of the What's Your Head podcast. Joining us, as always, from across the country. I was going to say across the pond, but that's the other podcast where we have the Limeys on. But across the country, join us from Las Vegas, Nevada. As always, my brother Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing good. I got a quick one for you. Okay. Is it just me? Does this yes. make me nuts? Yep. Does this make me absolutely a little too attention to detail? Yes. But it is windows down or partially down season in the vehicle out here in the morning. And I have to make sure every window is at the same level across the vehicle, front to back. You know, it's funny you say that. And uh, let me get our other two guests on here instead of leaving them in the wings and I'll answer a question. And joining us from across the river is the host of the Tackle Your Personal Best Fishing Podcast. It's Mike, no use for a last name. And joining us from across the street. That's right. I wouldn't allow the man into my own home, but he's joining us from Zoom from probably 60 yards away, sitting in the comfort of his own living room, is Matt. And we want to welcome everybody to the four whitest names in America podcast. We got Don, Matt, Mike, and Gordon. You can't get much older and whiter than that, so welcome to the show. How's everybody doing? Hiya, Bonnie lad. We're good. (laughs) (laughs) To answer your question, um, when I roll around in the tundra, and I'm bumping my hip-hop music or my country hip-hop music, I crack the back windows to get a better bass response. But yes, I make sure they are both at the same level. I can't have one down lower than the other. And, and especially if it's front window and back window. I don't know if your back window comes down, but they've got to be even too. Oh, that's why I, I well, crack You the, got that line going right across, right? Well, the thing is with these new cars, these newfangled cars, because back when You mean we, the ones you can't hear an ambulance in? Yeah, and the ones where if you open one windshield, you feel like your head's getting sucked out of the fucking... Boom, 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 oh, the, the buffeting, yes. The, you know, when we were growing up, cars weren't airtight. That's why they sank so quick in canals. Nowadays, they take 30 minutes. I know, I saw a Nissan Maxima sink to the bottom of Lake Mead. And it took so 20 minutes. It used to just be Volkswagens. But yeah, you could you could crack one window and the world was your oyster. Or you could remember the old cheese wedge windows in the front of the trucks. Like, the one that whistled real good? Yeah. Now your kid rolls down one window. The one that the cigarette butt was always hanging out of? We'll be rolling down the street in a Volkswagen. Sariana rolled down the back window and I feel like my head's going to explode. And I got to quickly crack another window to keep the vacuum from blowing up. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. So how's everybody doing? Mike, how are you doing? How's things in Fort Misery? Oh, you know, just lovely out here across the uh, the old the loose river. and snatchy river. I got uh, speaking of Fort Misery. Mm-hmm. Did the person who has gone unclaimed on the Mega Millions buy that ticket pre or post Ian? You got three people from Southwest Florida here. Who have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Oh, there's I, a. I believe I believe it was post. Okay, that's good, because if somebody bought that fucker, that 400 and something million dollar winning ticket, and it was pre-Ian, and it's, say, floating in my dad's trailer. Along with Mike's red roll of vinyl that I bought to make him uh, tackle your personal best podcast stickers, and I sent them to dad's house. Although I think the lost ticket would be much more painful. I don't know. That $19 roll of vinyl kind of gets you right here. (laughs) 
Um, yes, I'll go more into the story later. So, Matt, you were hunkered down across the street during a storm, which I didn't know because, you know, well, can't see shit outside. Do you remember at any time during the nine and a half hours of ass whooping that your head felt like it was going to explode, much like when I'm rolling down the street and my daughter rolls on the back window without letting me know? I actually do what I do best, and I just slept right through it. All nine hours? <laughs> Most of it, yeah. What time I did mean, you go to bed? Some, some noises, but... Hey, man, a couple of times all p.m.? Yep, I was stuck indoors. I'm going to sleep. I know, but the thing hit at 12 in the afternoon. I mean, (laughs) you're not exactly 20. I do not like being stuck indoors. So throughout the storm, as I said before, we felt like our head was going to explode. We kept pushing it out. And and I was getting annoyed because I I think it's a tornado. I'm like, it's not a fucking tornado. It's a hurricane. I think, I think it's a tornado. Stuck in the wind, the the eye wall I think it's a tornado. Well, we were at Publix a short two and a half hours ago buying some groceries, and that place was fucking packed, mind you. And we saw Sariana's former sixth grade teacher. Keep in mind, she's a freshman in high school now. And start talking to him. And as you guys know, Carrie is a fourth grade teacher over at Cape Elementary, and our phones have been blowing up nonstop. You know, this school's being open. You know, there's a four point inspection that the schools have to pass in order to be open. And I didn't know, but apparently Diplomat Middle School and Elementary School, Matt, a quarter of a mile from our house, took a severe ass whooping. And uh, her teacher was saying that according to the aerial drone footage, they believe, looking at the path of destruction, that a fucking tornado <laughs> rolled through here. So Sariana was right. I had to apologize to her. We did. If they do believe, looking at the damage... Because there's like a clear line of demarcation of more damage to houses than the other surrounding houses, which obviously in a 30 mile wide hurricane, um, they should all relatively have the same amount of damage. But they do believe, in fact, a tornado did roll through here, which when I was putting the um, tarps on the roof, I was looking around the neighborhood and you can almost see the and I thought the same thing because you can almost see a line of how it zigzagged through the like more houses than others lost uh, roofing tile and, and fences. But yeah. So Matt, so apparently not only do we have a hurricane, but we also had a, a tornado roll through here. Good to know. <laughs> Which by Definitely the way, lucky. Now you're you got a nice business. Why don't you put a little plug in there? What you do? Well, um, I got a company where we manufacture microbes, and the company's called Ecological Laboratories. Oh my God, he's in the biological warfare. <laughs> Actually, they're quite the opposite. We're he's in the ecological place. warfare. <laughs> That's it. We're, we're getting the world off of chemicals, chemicals which is poisoning our local waters, co- chemicals that are poisoning our foods. I basically m- manufactured m- microbes that have the same benefits that whether we're talking about uh, organic fertilization or we're talking about uh, bioremediation, but there's no negative uh, a- a- effect at all to the environment. And plug your Nothing business name possible. again because I stepped on it. Ecological Laboratories, ecologicallabs.com. And Matt was nice enough to give me a big ass like gallon of something to pour down my my toilets to eat my poop and my toilet mm-hmm. paper and keep me from having to flush out so often. But um, the reason I bring this up is you have a a kind of a small campus not too far from here with about five buildings or so. And yes, sir. And you got your power back before our neighborhood did, uh, rightfully so, because we got to get the economy up and running. And it's an industrial park and yada yada yada. But I was surprised to find out after having power for a week. <laughs> did you know there's houses about half a mile from your office that still does not have power get out of here no There's i'm seeing this day yeah as of yesterday yeah. they post on facebook and when pulled out of public night when you when you go out by the gas station there's a sign nailed to the telephone pole it says lcec no power and there's an arrow point so right across you from Publix. 
and I'm seeing all this footage. Reminds me of the fix this road sign I've seen around yeah. here. Oh, I we have a secret for that. Let me write that down. Cock block. We'll get back to that. Cock block. Okay. Um, so real quick, <laughs> hold on, Matt. Not- you've got my attention. So is that a, like a type of bacterium you're using? Yeah, that's it. That's correct. And the the, the biggest secret of our formula is that we actually have a consortium of bacteria like this tons and tons of them that can work and do many, many different jobs, but we're able to keep them all symbiotically living in the same bottle in a dormant state until you actually crack the cap open when the oxygen hit kind of wakes them up. That's when the shelf life really starts to begin. And the amount of dosage we give you will last you the the bottle you have. So I mean, if you have an aquarium, you get a 16-ounce bottle, that will last you six months. If you have a septic tank, I give you a gallon, that will easily last you a year. Unless and you're of like course, me, just dump it all in. We start going to farms and largers. We, we do 275-gallon totes. But there's still no other competitive uh, product on the market that actually can have the microbes all living together without – cannibalizing each other in the bottle and you know the the most of the stuff that we see that our competitors have are enzymes spores mm-hmm. and they taste take a lot longer to to grow and, and actually start to do the job so that's the problem with uh um you know trying to do things the green way is that you know we're, we're kind of like we want instant gratification well unfortunately there's a negative to that and that's poisoning the earth when you're using these toxic chemicals for your quick fix but oh, you mean like I, electric cars? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I even say chlorine in your pool. You know, you're, you're pouring these, you know, toxic chemicals that your dog shouldn't be drinking yeah. that water, and we're burning your eyes. But you know, we, we make natural products that do all that without having the, the negative impact. So hypothetically, if somebody dumped a couple of tankers worth in Lake Zurich over there, the fish would be edible in a couple of uh, generations? Yes, sir. And they would actually grow healthier, bigger, lusher. It's just the the colors come out. It's just it it, it is just amazing what what it what it could do. I have another I have another uh, experiment for your company. A few years back, um, Matt's company finally got uh, allotted a canal they fenced off during the height of the the blue and green algae and you guys were testing out some of your biologicals showing that you can clean this crap up without putting chemicals in we were just down on the backside of lake zurich and because of all the construction there were four four portajohns floating in the lake hey. i'm sure they could use some of your product to help clear up that sewage that's floating around in there now granted the average portajohn probably holds 10 gallons worth of feces and that's a million gallon lake but just the idea, but on a good day, it's only, things only three feet deep. But <laughs> yeah, there's four Porta Johns, the dead smack dead in the middle of that lake. It's um, funny. Uh, you quick. just reminded me of something real quick, Don. When I was walking the uh, a, a job out here, it's a famous um, nuclear storage facility that doesn't you know store nuclear stuff allegedly. Shh. The uh, engineers who have been there since day one. Great. Now there's unmarked fans outside your condo. Good yep. job. I'm allowed to say it. It's it, there's this. His his, uh, his saying was the solution to pollution is dilution. Right. <laughs> I thought your all secret to your recipe was love, but I, I guess I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, the reason I bring up the whole electric thing is you know, two three days after we got our power back, I'm seeing all these Texas linemen and New York linemen are all being sent away. It's like, oh, problem solved, with the exception obviously that completely decimated areas where you know you have a trail of bucket bunnies following them <laughs> and so obviously no one no one expects fort myers and pine they're island and matt lachey to be up and running but the fact that there's still places in northeast cape coral we weren't decimated out here we took an ass whooping we had a tornado apparently 
But the fact that they're sending all these cats out when there's still people without powers is just mind-blowing to me. But that's LCEC being LCEC, sticking up to their, their par for the course, if you will. So Matt fancies himself a musician. That's he, the fun job. He plays drums, and like, I don't know, almost day two after the storm, you started playing, I don't want to f- say, you know, fundraising or charity shows, but, you know, it's, hey, we've all been dealing with some nonsense. Let's go out and have a good time. Mm-hmm. You've played probably three or four shows. What are you seeing out and about around you know, what venues are able to accommodate live music? Well, the, the unfortunate part, there's probably a good half of the venues which were in these tourist coastal areas that are actually no longer. They're either without power or worse, they're leveled to the ground. Anything on Fort Myers Beach, Sanibel, Boquilia, Matt Lachey, and, you know, some musicians, I mean, that was their full-time job playing mm-hmm. three, four, five days a week and just circling the same circuit, and they're gone. And what I'm noticing is the the fortunate ones, the, the, the bars and the venues that are more inland or just happen to be lucky and not get decimated, you know, they're pulling together and they're they're basically bringing bands in. They're trying to bring in the staff and allowing different people to come in and, and have their days and raise money. for Like I know Potts in Fort Myers each day runs a different restaurant at a Sanibel to come in their staff. Um, the deck in Cape Coral has been doing the, the cottage I saw yesterday was their staff was there. So it's kind of nice to see like, you know, the community. And I, I don't even think a lot of these people know each other personally. They just know if they were in their shoes, uh, they would appreciate what they're giving back. And, you know, us as musicians, we're, we're out there just, you know, the band I'm in, we don't, we, we play for fun. Uh, we, we're not actually, you know, full-time career guys even though we play three weekends a month at least um we're, we're just happy just to play and, and and raise some funds for uh you know some of these people that are, are are hurting at this time and you know i'm just seeing a, a community coming together and that and that's just from my perspective in the music world and of course seeing it on social media you're, you're seeing so many different groups of people from the restaurant business and then uh, obviously charities and you know, the, even the religions are getting together and, and just, the, you know, the, the sense of community is just, it's just nice nine, to see. Nine twelve all over again. Yep. Yep. Real quick from Facebook, uh, Martin asked from New York, and you just dumped the entire gallon in your toilet for your septic? Probably should have did it in half, but yeah, I just dumped the whole damn thing in there. So <laughs> um, if you guys are interested, uh, you can email us at uh, info at d-410.com and I'll pass that information on to Matt. Matt, how, what is your major form of resale? Now, not to besmirch your fine product, but I can imagine that there's a little bit of a, um, a hurdle to jump because what your product is made of, unlike the chemical-based crap, if one of those bottles gets a crack in it, it's it's a mite gamey, so it's probably hard to stock that in a retail environment. So what's your major supply chain, and who are your primary customers? Well, I mean, that that's the thing. I mean, w- you have to take your negative and turn it into a positive. I, I kind of went into a whole spiel on how my stuff is different than my competitors, and that's one of the things that people really know about us is the smell of our product. <laughs> and, bacteria uh, stinks. I, it smells really bad. It's like rotten eggs. The stronger, and, the, that's how you know it works. <laughs> yes, and that's that's our saying. Um, so one of my brands in the retail industry for ponds, aquariums, bird baths, lawn and garden, 
we have a product, uh, the brand name is Microblift. And the, our slogan is, if it doesn't smell like Microblift, it doesn't work like Microblift. There you go. And with a, enough with the uh, uh, you know grassroots campaigning when we came out, we actually took that you know, as an advantage, we even have a meme out there. If you remember the movie Friday, when the, when the dad is sitting on the toilet and he's just spraying because you know, the stink (laughs) is up in the air and we we, we have a, it says just, just cracked open the brand new bottle of microblitz. You know, you just gotta, you gotta run with it. Get your ass yeah, 25, in here. 35, 45 minutes. You'll be fine. Boy, get <laughs> your ass it. in here. I wiped your ass for three years. You can smell my shit for two seconds. What did I That's ask you to it. do last night? That's it. Yep. Take out the trash. But Boy, yeah, it, is, be... it is a challenge for people. You know Don's going to be uh, doing Friday freaking one-liners for the <laughs> but rest yeah, it's, of the show, it's, right? But yeah, it's a challenge <laughs> what? You are saying it's a challenge before we stepped on Yeah, it? Uh, no, but I mean, it, it's a challenge at first, but you know, th- then with enough marketing and education and the product, once I get it in the customer's hands and nothing works like it, um, you know, it, it becomes an advantage because people can't duplicate what we have. We have the Coca-Cola of bacteria. It minus, just can't be. Minus mm-hmm. the import of coca leaves. So, and, 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 and your that's what I was actually going to ask earlier. Now you've explained it. So there's no free lunch in nature. There's always a compromise. And if your compromise is a little bit of stank for a little bit, I'm sold. <laughs> that, that, that's know? it. And I and I told Don, you know, you, you really should have poured it, you know, when you were leaving for the day, going for work. He happened to gave him the bottle, and Gary's just like, "What? What does that smell?" And you know, just you learned to you learned to use it the right way. Well, the windows were open. We still didn't have any power, so what a better choice. <laughs> no circulation. Just... Yeah, the windows were open. We had a nice cross breeze. I was outside cooking dinner. It didn't affect me I at all. That still smelled better than his <laughs> studio right now. I was going to say. Um, and you're by no means an, uh, a fly-by-night operation. You guys have been around since like 1973? 76. You're older Close, than me. Yeah. And so real quick, over across the river, Mike, you are a, speaking of uh, bad smells. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? You're in the plumbing industry. What oh, are you yeah. seeing on the service calls? You've been, I mean, you were, since the day after the storm, you were working like doubles and on call, and you've just been cashing them checks and bringing that money in. But what are you seeing as far as damage goes and just uh, people and, and all that from what driving around town? Well, a lot of... Uh broken water mains a lot of well systems have been completely wiped out you there's know, one here um, in our neighborhood you go down hang a left mat and drive yep. down like Publix. you'll see the guy's shits all in his front yard yeah it seemed like the people who had fences didn't lose their well equipment the people who didn't have fences lost it yeah yeah and uh you know just you know i had this one customer who was actually right on the river and uh he has a very large service that goes into his house because he has a very large home as they do on the river and everything the surge completely just eroded away everything underneath his foundation oh damn i mean at least a good 15 feet from the edge of his foundation up under his house and all and you got to get an engineer with with land uh you got to get an engineer with one of those like pushy land scanner things out there something i got a question for you mike and it uh because I, I work in construction. I've yeah. worked in construction throughout, uh, built everything from spec homes to multi-million dollar homes to big commercial projects. Mm-hmm. One thing I always thought was weird with Florida is why is all that shit outside? Where else are you going to put it? As far as the well I've even seen the like water that. softeners outside mm-hmm. instead of inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I got just, you know, you know, all that stuff. It just seems like it could be a lot better off if they give up just a couple of more square feet. And put everything inside. 
Well, it's it's it all comes down to builder preference and owner preference. You know, a lot of homeowners can be, you know, very picky and don't want them inside their garage. They want that extra square footage. You know, I've had customers that have said, oh, I don't even want the water heater in my garage because it takes up. That's fine. I can sell you a nice on demand water heater. (laughs) Right. It takes up a two by two space in the corner of the garage. Well, I will say not to interrupt you, but I will say a lot of houses uh, don't have the advantage. My garage, I have a little advantage. My like where my main garage ends, it goes back like eight feet where my AC yeah. and my water. A lot of people don't have that. And so if their shit was inside, even though none of us park our cars in the garage except for Matt because he's got a sweet-ass Land Rover, but the rest of us trashy folk, we park our shit out in the driveway. But even if we didn't, called use your garage. Uh, we wouldn't <laughs> have room to pull our cars in there because that equipment would take up all that space. And right, well, like, and, and why I ask that is, makes if, sense. for example, in our garage, and, and yes, I could actually fit my Tacoma and a Forester in there. And it's only a seventeen hundred square foot house, so it ain't bougie. They've actually got a uh, a, a little pony wall, little uh, lifted area where the water heater and the uh, mm-hmm. and the uh, soft water softener goes. And what yeah. I found out about water softeners, and this is a good one for Mike, is a your standard water softener that uses salt pellets will take the warranty from a hot water heater and drop it from five years to three. Boy, don't we know it, huh, Mike? My water heater has been worked on twice in one month. We'll get to that in a minute. But it, somebody who told who sold a Renai, sells Renai says it actually will take a Renai or a hot on-demand water heater and basically uh, not even affect its warranty. It'll be like 20 years. Welcome to Home Improvement Talk with four old white guys. We're going to continue with our speech. Thank you guys for tuning in on YouTube and Twitch and uh, Twitter and um, all those other places. Real quick, Matt's building a house down on the river. He's he going to live in a van by river, but he's building a house on a river, and sadly he lost his pier and some equipment. But he's renting the house across the street from us, and speaking of square footage and people not wanting their shit inside, when Carrie and I are watching that house being built, Carrie's like, what is that on the back of the garage wall? I'm like, that's the washer-dryer hookup. She's like, no, it's not. I'm like, yeah. Why would a nice-ass house put that shit in the garage? Because they don't want the heat and the sound inside the house, and so they actually put it in the garage. So... It's, it's better weird. for the leveling of the washer and dryer too, especially front loaders. Well, yeah, but it's it's and what I think it truly comes down to is price per square footage. People don't want to add the additional cost to the building of the house to make room for all that shit inside, especially when it comes to the 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 two. I mean, let's see that you got the big ass. How many gallons of water does that tank hold? A shit ton. Then you got the two sub tanks, and then you got the trash can. Then you put the salt in. That's a lot of stuff to put I'm, inside. I'm actually going to take that that step and go a step further. Is the garage is not figured into the square footage of the house, so they can actually pull that all, all that equipment out and say, well, no, the cost per square foot is this. I know, but when I say cost per square foot, I mean the materials and actually building the no, overall no, product. Yeah. I, was, I was going a little, little deeper, but yeah. okay. But it do what else? Oh, I, I was laughing when he said Fort Myers Beach. Um, I'm also just play this right now because it's probably going to offend some people because we're all still fragile. We're all, all still, still sore. So let me just get this out of the way. He did it again, caused trouble, hurt someone's feelings. Yet he didn't want to do it. Yes, troublesome people are often people in trouble. They may be mentally ill. Find out how you can help. Write Better Mental Health, Box 3000, New York 1, New York. Hi, my name is Tom McDonald. Welcome to the show. If you are easily offended, then you probably should go. The Alani Kai. (laughs) The elusive Alani Kai. Did you hear that? What did Mike just say? Oh, God. 
When I worked well, it looks in, looks like they've that, got that, a fresh, that, clean slate on the bottom floor. Well, yeah, when I worked that, in radio, that entire beach now has all kinds of diseases around. Oh, they're yeah. strewn about. <laughs> <laughs> when I worked in radio, I worked at K Rock. Uh, DC and I were down there, and they just redid their out their bathrooms. When you walk in outside underneath, they have public bathrooms. They're always horrible. Mm-hmm. And DC and I were, were kind of making fun of it. And the guy came in and said, "Hey, you know, I'm paying you guys to come down here, and you're talking shit about the bathrooms." And so we had to do a little damage control. <laughs> But what I was laughing, because I was thinking, look, it's fucking horrible. Fort Myers Beach is gone. But the reason I was laughing is because Lonnie Kai kind of has the reputation of being the cockroach of Fort Myers Beach. And we've always heard after a nuclear explosion, there's going to be nothing left but the cockroaches. Well, sadly, the only thing standing down. There it fucking stands. (laughs) It's still fucking there. Out of it, everything on that beach that could have that could have been standing after all that, that fucking hellhole. Not to mention, there. it's one of the tallest fucking things down there. So how did yeah. all? Because most of it got lost in water damage, obviously. But it's just. So, go ahead. What is the new structure that was being built? I guess to the north of the Lonnie Kai. It looks big. It crosses over. Well, you know, we, we don't live in Key West, but Key West is out of space, and so let's say you're a. Uh, Acoustic playing, parrot loving, uh, margarita drinking fella. Yeah, we got one of them restaurants here on the strip. And you wanted to start your create your own little um, paradise, if you will, a little um, mm-hmm. kind of miniature sandals. Well, there's no property available in Key West, and so you buy out some defunct plots that were wiped out during Hurricane Irma and condemned due to mold, and you start building yourself a resort. And then this and happens. I ask as I was watching some drone, just some straight up drone footage. Mm-hmm. And I thought, so I like bet you that's going to be the porn. first place online because it was just in rough. Yep. They've been, yeah. uh, they took forever. Uh, basically, there's a bunch of properties that got mildew and mold damage during uh, um, Irma, got some minor flooding, and they bought it all out. And what they did is they built the resort and then they kind of built a, a skyway over San Carlos Boulevard and then a little area so that the people standing in the resort, they had basically private access. And, you know, it's going to be. It's going to be interesting because, as the, uh, Mike and Matt can attest, on Fort Myers Beach on a Saturday off season takes two hours to get over that goddamn bridge yeah. because it's a two lane road, not counting the the trolley lane. So if that place gets filled and packed up and becomes a tourist destination, I can't imagine what the traffic's going to be like getting on. Well, prior to the storm, you couldn't imagine. It's just now. Insane. Could your product help clean that up down there? <laughs> <laughs> Just spread it all out along the beach. And well, just I'm just thinking of there. some kind of, you know, the floaty, like, <laughs> fencing area. Just all, yeah. Just, I mean, it may. I, I'm not being facetious at all. Well, it could and, be a solution right there. What's interesting is that prior to the storm is, you know, they're, they try so hard, the city of Fort they Myers try Beach so tries so hard to so widen hard. that road and try to put in the trolley lanes and the bus lanes and all this, that, and the other. And there is absolutely no way. There's no more room. There's no more room. You can no way you can do is go it up. all you want to. You can do everything that you want to to that road. That traffic is going to be absolutely insane every single day during season. Yeah, because you can put in an eight-lane fucking bridge, but it's still going to squeeze down into two lanes because that's all the right. room they have. And the right. most, the most. Does this of, give them the opportunity to now widen that? No, because once again, the, to widen the road would be to tear out all the the property because it's it's a thin island. Yeah, right. the, no, the city yeah, yeah, the city true. doesn't own any of those lots or any of that property. They can, they can do eminent domain, but it, by the time they tore out all those locations to widen the road, no one would go down there because there's nothing to go to. Right. But uh, 
yeah. that's no that's no different than when they did the widening project on seventy five. The funny thing is the most the most proficient, most effective thing they did was put in the revolving stoplight. So left lane goes, right lane sits, and then you always have that oh, asshole Jesus, keep switching from lane lanes to lane. Here too. That's the most efficient nuts. thing they ever did down there. Have you ever seen a dynamic speed limit zone? Oh, I just had a thought. Hold on. So there's a really hold squirrel. On. Sorry, I know the lady who owns this place. Hi, my name is Tom McDonald. <laughs> Welcome to the show. If you are easily offended, then you probably should go. Back when I had Dollar Bowl night, my buddy's girlfriend, he used to bowl with his mom, owns the place. There's a really shitty strip club right before Fort Myers Beach that's ironically called Hurricanes. <laughs> is that place still standing or did the hurricane wipe it off the fucking map? I don't know. <laughs> Matt, you seem I the type know. of guy who might uh, frequent <laughs> said facility. Have, has anybody heard? Is Hurricane still standing down there? Not sure. I know. I thought you, uh, p- panty fleas. I mean, fantasies. <laughs> oh, is that what it was called? Yes, fantasies on the beach. That's right. Yeah, yes, fantasies. that's what it was called. Non- panty fleas. What was their catchphrase? Uh, non-topless adult or non-stop. I don't know. But yeah, a place was a dump. But it's funny. Uh, deja vu out here, uh, little darlings. I think that's the full nude B- B- BYO uh Bring your own booze uh, establishment. Literally had on their sign. Now hiring anybody that shows up. Yeah, when I went <laughs> oh, out in Vegas, dear God, you're going to have half all these homeless, toothless, tweaked out. Hey man, crackheads. There's, down there's there. an ass for every seat. There's a fetish for everybody. There, there'll be somebody in there who's the smell will be bad enough alone to turn people away. Well, what will be worse, the smell of those particular entertainers or the type of guys who like that entertainment? <laughs> <laughs> speaking of the beach and and that area and everything and you know the you can't go down there by the way they're yeah. only allowing rescue and repair residents aren't right. even allowed down there well prior to the bridge i have a customer that uh that lives down in the trailer know, parks well it's not in a trailer park but there's there's some cuts off to the right and there's you know yeah. like canals yes. and stuff like that yes the, yes the aisles yeah, yeah, and and you know there's some million dollar homes back there and whatnot. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was I was going down there for a service call one time for one of our loyal customers, and there was a probably a million and a half catamaran, just like it got picked up out of the water and got set in somebody's front yard. Like got some passed. mad mad kid picked it up, yeah. threw it over there. Somebody huh? got yep, drunk exactly. at high tide and parked it and walked away. Exactly. So we went down, we went, we went down the street and we're looking and just trash upon trash mm-hmm. upon trash is just lined the streets. So we were talking to the customer and he was like, I was here through the, throughout the entire thing. And he was like, I thought we were going to fucking die. Yeah. And, and he was telling us about the stir- the surge and everything like that. Mm-hmm. His, uh, the ground outside his house, sits 12 feet above wow. the uh, canal. His house sits another three feet above that, his bottom floor. 16 feet above sea level. The water 15. was two feet in his house oh, on his geez. bottom floor. So 18 feet surge at his house right there by the beach. There's a video on TikTok God of a guy right. on the top of his roof and the water's... A- I thought it sucked to ride out in my bedroom on the comfortable floor in bed for nine hours. Could you imagine riding that shit out, grabbing onto like your roof for six? That's just gotta be insane. 
God damn it, I should have left. Well, we talked about that. We've been hearing for 20 years that, you know, the boy who cried wolf and the wolf finally came. But for 20 years, it's always been the same story, the same story, and then shit never came. And as I was saying on What's the Scuttlebutt last night, in all the years you have hurricanes, this is the most damage I've ever take, taken. And we've had the minimum considered. But let's say my roof didn't get damaged. Let's say I didn't get both cars damaged. Let's just say my fence. Just the amount of money that we spent on food, water, and gas for 10 days. Not to mention, at $4 a gallon, the price to evacuate. And, oh, by the way, Tampa had two days. We only had 24-hour notice. So would you rather write out a 32-mile-wide, 8-mile-an-hour hurricane in your home or in your car on the interstate somewhere? Because where the fuck do you go? Yeah, We got four lanes going north, and you're stuck. God forbid if you're in a Tesla that gets flooded. Oh, they're all yeah. blowing up left and right. Well, they, they catch fire for sure, and that's the corrosion coming in, and the water and lithium, no good. That is definitely for sure. I think we're going to have to re-engineer uh, some things for sure. So we're going to change up the... Uh, Put them in a pelican box. You'll be fine. We're going to change up the topic a little bit. Gordon mentioned potholes earlier, and I jotted down the note cock block. Okay. Um, what does one have to do with the other? Well, here's a little secret for you. Even if you live in the worst cities, well, regardless of any place in California because they don't care, but if you live in a normal city and you have potholes, and this experiment was brought to fruition here in Matt and mine's own neighborhood. Matt, you probably never noticed, but when you come in off 28, if you hang a left, you'll see a perfectly black square of pavement in the middle of the road. That is what we refer to as the Cape Coral Cock Block. The reason that black square is there is because some enterprising young men spray-painted a giant penis in the middle of the road. And you can't have that. And you can't paint over it because as traffic goes by, the paint wears off and the cock reveals itself. And so they literally paved over it. I have seen videos on TikTok where people, I got a pothole out in the street and blowing tires. The city doesn't do anything about it. Get some spray paint. You paint a big cock around it. And lo and behold, the damn thing's filled in before you know it. So the lesson being, if you have potholes in your neighborhood, sneak out at night, put on some black, Spray paint a big cock, a cock of your, you can make it uncircumcised if you want, if that's your, you know, your persuasion. <laughs> Do you, boo-boo, you know, paint a cock, hell, paint three, we don't care. And I can almost guarantee you, before too long, and enough Karen's call about a cock that's going to offend the delicate eyes of their children who are already watching porn on their phones that they don't know about, are going to get the, the O-dot out there real quick to patch that shit up and your pothole problems will go away. So just try that out. So if you want to. Do a little grassroots pothole fixing. All it does is cost you about a $4 can of spray paint. Ben from the AP, Fort Myers, Florida. Man arrested for painting cock on street. (laughs) Well, they would say penises, sir. We can't fake cocks. That's not nice. Speaking of oil, gas, and insanity, Exxon has evacuated Russia. Did you hear about this? Gordon, you've been standing up on the Ukraine-Russia nonsense. I've actually... uh... Yeah, I have not heard this story, though. Exxon, uh, let's see, Dateline CBS News, as of yesterday, the 17th of October. Exxon fully withdraws from Russia after Putin seizes assets. Wow, they nationalized something? That's not a communist country that I know. Exxon <laughs> Mobil on Monday said they're fully exited Russia, with the energy giant saying that President Vladimir Putin has expro- expropriated the assets in the country and, quote, ultimately terminated, end quote, the company's Sakahakin One Oil Project, some Russian name that I can't pronounce. Almost looks Native American. But anyhow, I digress. 
Quote, with two decades, the Russian government has ultimately terminated our interest in the pipeline that I can't pronounce. The project has been transferred over to Russian operator, an Exxon Mobil spokesperson said. She didn't disclose whether or not Exxon received compensation for the assets. I bet you they didn't. That's not how nationalization works. Read Atlas Shrug, you'll learn something. But added that Exxon plans to reserve its legal rights under the international law and its production sharing agreement to persuade remedies. So that sounds like they didn't get shit except for a kick out the door. Russia moved to seize Exxon's assets come after seven months of negotiations over the transfer of the company's stake in the project, according to Reuters, which first reported the Exxon move to compete in uh, withdrawal from the country. I'm sorry, to complete its withdrawal from the country. Quote, we made every effort to engage with the asshole who's running this shithole country, said Exxon spokesperson. Um, in March, the energy giant announced that they had planned to exit Russia in response to the nation's invasion of Ukraine and that it would not make any more investments in Russia, them and everybody else. Exxon Russia's holdings were valued at more than $4 billion as of 2021. That's a lot of uh, what kind of shitty currency they have over there. Um, according to the company's documents, the project, which Exxon has managed since 2005, thank you very much, that is rubles, according to Gordon, has generated $16 billion for the Russian government, according to Exxon. Earlier this year, Exxon took a $3.4 billion after the tax charge for the project and its assets. It also said that the operation represented less than 2% of its total 2021 production, or about 65,000 barrels per day, and 1% of its operating earnings. So they are pulling out, um, which is, we know that the other pipeline got blown up. We know the bridge got blown up. And now they're bouncing out of there, and things are not going well over there. No, I. uh, It seems like we're on that slow march. We're just waiting for that Franz Ferdinand moment. (laughs) There's got to be somebody over there that's willing to do the thing. Well, if you notice, some of his high, uh, some of people in his uh, close circle had had some accidents here over the last couple of months. Yeah, from what I understand, he's like basically eating in a room alone or like at a two mile long dinner table with the guy way the fuck down there i hear that there's actually getting to be more and more uh civil unrest in russia which is what we need Mm -hmm. maybe he will be defenestrated (laughs) oh there's a good i know what that means (laughs) test for mike and mike and matt who knows what defenestrated means you have 10 seconds it happens so much that there's a definition you got me. Mike. One who has been tossed ah, through a window to their death. I was oh. I was gonna ask I was gonna do And there was one guy in his circle that fell out a window. I was gonna do the whole test oh, of shit. do you wanna take the elevator or the window? <laughs> what movie was that? that was no, like, it's not an earthquake, I swear. Yeah, defenestrated means to be thrown out a window. The old Marcellus Wallace. Yep. You got it. It's just a foot rub. Mm-hmm. More than just a foot rub. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Carrie and I have been binge watching 60 Days In. We're on season four. And let me tell you this. Atlanta, that's an addicting show. Atlanta County Jail. Boy, that's a shithole. Aren't they all? Now, they go into this project claiming, the sheriffs do, that they want to fix their system. 
I, the cynical bastard that I am, believe that they go into this because they want free surveillance equipment because, after all, production leaves, all the cameras stay. It's part of the gig. Yeah, it helps get funding later, I'm sure, too. So I was interested to know, and I simply Googled, who was fired after the airing of seasons of 60 Days M. Now, you would think you have two seasons of a show on season one and season two in Clark County, Indiana. I'm... I was really thinking there'd be some like ambulance chasing lawyers, you know, trying to sue for this, that, and the other thing. And this story came up on Yahoo as of July 29th, 2022. Lawsuit says female inmates at the jail featured on 68 Days End were punished after a guard sold keys to their cells and some of them were raped. So season one and two took place at this place under the guise of fixing shit and firing bad prison guards, and this happens. Uh, fast forward to all the advertisements on Yahoo because, well, they're almost junk mail nowadays. Eight women listed as Jane Doe's in the suit says Clark County Jail Officer David Lowe handed over the keys to the women's cells to male inmates on October 23rd, 2021 in exchange for $1,000 apiece, according to the complaint. Apparently, those cameras weren't running that were left behind by production. Attorney Stephen Wagner told insider inside the jail. I'm sorry, told insiders the jail has a history of controversy, sexual abuse, and misconduct. Some of it were, were revealed years ago on 60 Days in the reality TV show. The first two seasons of the show, which featured the findings of an uncovered inmate placed in jail, were based at Clark County. Scroll down past more advertisements. The lawsuit says the malfeasance. That's a good word. The malfeasance continued last fall when male inmates were given access to the to the re-entered um, given access to the re-entered the pod. Nice writing. I mean, I know I'm drinking wine and I got a learning disability, but even I know that's fucked up. Uh, were given access to the pod uh, and covered their faces and harassed, groped, and threatened the women for more than two hours in the next morning. Into the next morning, according to the suit, two women were ultimately raped by the inmates, according to their complaints. Jane Doe, number one, was left bleeding with vaginal tears and genital herpes in addition to significant emotional inquiries. Now, a judge, I mean, a lawyer of any power would suggest that perhaps she had that before getting to the jail, but I digress. The male inmates told the women that if they press the emergency call button, which as we learned in season two and three and four, that shit doesn't work because the, the prison guards just ignore it, uh, they'd harm them even more, Wagner told Insider. I bet you that's because fools press that thing all the time. Yeah, the Tebow guy kept hitting and saying he had swelling in his pants and he needed help. Within three days, Lowe's was questioned, fired, and arrested, but Wagner told Insider he isn't the only one culpable. Quote, he was fired and then terminated. Really? Is that how that works? You get fired and then terminated? Goes back to that lovely writing here on Yahoo. He was fired and then terminated. And you think that would have shifted the focus onto the assailants who were accused of the assault on the women's, Wagner told Insider. But instead of making any arrests or charging any of the male assailants, they took action against the women. Despite the surveillance camera, I guess probably left behind by the production company, filming the men entering the women's pod, no jail staff intervened according to the suit. In the days following the attack, guards frequently searched their cells, confiscated their hygiene products, and left the lights on for more than three days, Wagner said. The lawyer called these actions, quote, psychological punishment and an effort to keep the females who were being held at the jail pretrial from speaking out about what happened and their experiences. 
Shortly after Lowe's arrest, local man ran local news ran stories about the security breach. At the time, there were no mention of any of the injuries to the women in the jail. A probable cause affidavit reviewed by WDRB said Lowe admitted to the allowing inmates access to secure areas of the jail for payment. My question is, where do these guys get thousands of dollars to pay for keys? I mean, I'm sure half of their bail was probably less than that. But it's just amazing that we do these shows under the guise of fixing the problem, and four or five short years later, ain't shit fixed over there? I don't know if they still have the same sheriff or not, but that's just insane. Do you think they left all the production equipment? Oh, I'm sure they did. I mean, that's... I mean, you're going to... They had to have it installed correctly and securely. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, I mean, I don't know, but I'm sure that those cameras are at least... They would have to be. I mean, could you watch that show and you see... They can see damn near everywhere. They saw everything going on. So unless the sheriff's a complete moron, he would say in the contract, hey, you guys can come and film, but that shit's staying here because we need surveillance equipment. And you by sure have better than the 1989 stuff that we have mounted in the corner in that steel box. But who knows? Hmm. It's just it's just insane. The, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with people. We had another mass shooting. They're people. That's the problem. I don't know. We had another mass shooting in South Carolina. Some yeah. kids shot some people on a running trail. I hate to say this. I, I, I've been saying it for a couple of years. And as things are even getting worse in Eastern Europe, I almost feel like we need to be knocked back a couple hundred years. Well, the question is... is what? I hope it doesn't happen in my lifetime, <laughs> but you know, it just it just seems how things are progressing, and I mean, even Obama is calling on the podcast is calling out Democrats, saying, "Look, knock it off." Well, I don't understand what the hell is going on that we are losing value in people's lives. That's the ultimate problem. It's not the availability of guns. Desensitization. Yeah. Now, Mike Don, I can't talk. Yeah, Everybody's I can talk desensitized. Well, I know? I hate to be the old guy here, but. You know, growing up in the 80s and 90s, we all heard, oh, KISS stands for Nathan Satan's Army and, and all the Osborne Dungeons and Dragons calls and, for and, and Dungeons and Dragons causing kids to kill people, and it's that heavy metal. I'm just going to throw this out there. <laughs> I'm not saying you it's... You better play your disclaimer again. I'm not saying it's it's true, it's, it's false, but, you know, you got people blaming video games and this and that and all that, but... Um, Let's just look around real quick. What's the number? How many two parents? What's the number one? What's the number one most popular themed podcast available? Joe Rogan. True crime. That is true what crime. Oh. true crime podcast. What's the number one trending show on Netflix right now? Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, we got a lot of Lifetime Channel is nothing but programs about when people getting killed, <laughs> raped, or molested. Maybe issue. it's a study in psychology <sighs> that when human beings have less true difficulties in life and yes. less gravity, they gravitate to these types of things and, and, and stuff like that. It's I like was feeding that rush, that rush that you get when you're, you're, you, you have to survive, right? And it's an outlet. For that, you were saying earlier that we maybe need a reset, and I think Mike, Matt, and myself can say this because we just lived through it. We well, don't had one. We don't need a war. You don't need anything crazy. If we can just, Mother Nature needs to shake up the snow globe. Not even Mother Nature. If we can just get 
hey, we're going to shut the power power and internet off for two weeks at a time throughout each city. Dude, I'd have to keep people would wake the fuck watch up. In my house. You're I'm not the Vegas, only one, man. You're not the only one. My, my wife works in retail now. You're not the only one. Check this out. My wife works in retail now, and it's a nice part of town. And the amount of shoplifting that goes on four or five times a day they catch people the amount of homeless people coming in and squatting out mm-hmm. their bathroom <coughs> again nice part of town it's crazy Irma power went out for 16 days set up my army cop from a World War II reenactment slept in front of the sliding doors of my Glock on my lap Ian the neighbor ran electric power over here we had a refrigerator two fans and a place to charge a phone Carrie and Sariana slept in the bed I slept in front of my cot in front of the open sliding door with my gun on my lap because when the power goes away, the looters come out to play. And you never, when you're sleeping in the house with all your doors and windows open to the world, and your fence is gone, you never, and it's dark as shit outside, and you have plenty of generators hiding the sound of people prancing through your yards. So, yeah, I mean, in that matter. You know, it, I just got a visualization of a guy just prancing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't like you can't that. can't hear me over these generators. Kind of doing the Fred Flintstone when he's bowling on his toes. But and and if you think about it in kind of a way, you know, like the hamburger, you hear the cliche description thrown around. It's like a war zone. It's like, well, and, and when it comes to that, the fact that you have no power, no water, you're rationing your food, and you're sleeping with a firearm in your lap, it kind of was like a fucking war zone for a short period of time. But um, but and the good thing comes out of it, and we're already seeing it start to die down. But as we said before, everybody took care of everybody. I mean, Matt probably met more of our neighbors in that 10 days than he has in the three months he's been living here. People behave themselves for the most part, huh? And people, well, people check up on each other and or they want to get to know who lives here so they can determine when a ne'er-do-well or is walking through the neighborhood who doesn't belong here. Like, that motherfucker don't live here. What are you doing here? But, uh... Everybody was taking care of everybody, and so it 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 worked out quite well. Well, it, it to me, it's sad that it takes tragedy like that to for something like that to happen. We're rolled full of narcissists. It's, it's I think it goes it back is. to my my whole statement about lack of gravity, and then when it actually happens, you know, difficult times actually happen. It, it snaps us too a little bit, you know. Yeah. yeah. Look at nine nine eleven was the same way. Absolutely. And- and then, you know, fast forward to George Floyd and everything else that was going on a few years ago. It's like, what happened to that America for after nine, post nine eleven? It's just, it's amazing. Um, it's just like a roller coaster of emotions. That America. We are a society that now runs on emotion. Unfortunately, you know, well, we're in the age of emotion. I think, you know, we were in the age of technology. We're in the age of, you know, industrialization. This and that. And now we're in the age of emotion, and that's not a good place to be, in my opinion. Well, and sadly, that America died four weeks later when all the American flags everybody had on their cars fell on the streets because people forgot about them and opened their windows and they all flew away and couldn't be bothered to pull over and pick them up. No yep. crap. Well, so even after nine like, twelve, I guess I'll keep the uh, people in the corrections. Uh, you know, th- those guys out there cleaning the freeways uh, got them a job. So I, I have, I haven't taken him up on it yet, but I've burdened Matt with the prospect of helping my fat ass lose some weight. <laughs> Because you can't tell at the angle with his phone and his what looks like a double chin, but he's actually quite a little stocky, fit fella. Uh, I was laughing earlier when he was talking about playing in a band. I was going to say, yeah, he's one of the only drummers in town who instead of plays for beer, plays for uh, bananas and carrot sticks <laughs> and protein. I tell you, Don, I'm actually twenty down twenty. 
I'm down three since the storm. Um, I did 20 minutes on my mixed fitness bike tonight. Um, I was going to go to the gym. There you go. But I, uh, uh, as we said before, I'm on TRT now, uh, medical for sure. But one of the side is effects that a strain is of weed? definitely the water weight and the moon phase <laughs> and, and everything else. So I am fighting that. That's all I'm drinking. It's water. I think I drink about a gallon, a gallon and a half a day. Uh, what's interesting is I stepped on the scale Saturday. I was down about two and a half pounds from the week before. I was like, cool, back on it. And then all weekend, I just was feeling thinner. My watch got loose. Stepped on the scale today. I'm down another four. Nice. You know, uh, my lifting, the benefit of TRT, is uh, through the roof. I am almost as strong as I've ever been getting there. You know, And that's like 20 years ago strong. Um, you know, so we're, we're, I'm starting – you know, I'm starting what I would usually end with. I'm starting with now on the bench. Now I got to be careful because I've already blown out my my left shoulder rotator and labrum at once uh, benching, and I know my right one's probably not far behind it. So I don't go crazy, but I've been doing heavier weights, working my way lighter as I go through my reps. I'm just trying to do a little bit of reverse pyramid, see how that works out for me. What sort of reg- what is your normal daily gym regiment, Matt? Obviously, you probably rotate between arms, upper and lower, and all that shit. But just in I, general, I actually focus on one muscle a day. I I truly believe that we don't want to hear you about know, your masturbation schedule. But other than that, <laughs> your your my your left arm is huge. <laughs> your genetics are your genetics. Yep. If you were, were to work out two or three times a day, and uh, you know three or four times the muscle a week. You're not gonna. You're actually gonna overtrain. So, I just I focus on isolation workout, break down the muscle. It's just your body, you know, Darwinism adapting. You know, it's, it's got to break itself down. It wants to be strong in the next week, and then it just becomes a good diet and good rest. So, you well, know, I try. Let me run this one by you because uh, we're a big family. I mean, you've met my brother. He's got broad shoulders. Uh, same here. I'm definitely stockier built than him. Uh, only a couple inches shorter. But uh, here's kind of what I do, uh, and, and it's been working out real well. Wednesdays I go in, I just use the power mill for 10 minutes to warm up. I, I tell me, cardio-wise, I don't think anything kicks my ass like the, the uh, escalators to nowhere. Yeah, um, I, call it, I call it the stairway to hell. Yeah, stairway to hell. It, it's, then I, I do that, I go do stretching. I, do, I can no longer uh, do crunches because... I blew out one of my six packs that's under this keg like 12 years ago. I used to do a weight crunching like 265 pounds, and then there was this horrible twisting oh. sensation in my gut every time I do crunches. According to my orthopedic surgeon, he goes, yeah, you ruptured something. There's no fix. From what I understand, if you're curling and doing free weights correctly, you work mm-hmm. that same core, so that machine is yeah. basically yeah, I do the rotation useless, now, which, and you should stay away from it because it causes more injury than it does yeah. development of abs. Yep. So I'm doing that. I Then I stretch, and then uh, Wednesdays, I basically work strictly my um, my biceps. I usually do what, what used to be called supersets, uh, half, half, then whole do like 60, about 75, 80 reps, or 75 to 90 reps. I'll do some hammer curls, and then I, the only other muscle do, I'll do uh, isolated lat pull-downs. That's it. Same thing, Thursday, Friday. Then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I go in, and I just kind of back everything up, uh, different groups. And then he goes home and eats donuts. Huh? I said, then he go home and eat donuts. Well, <laughs> no, I've got a new rule. If there's donuts at the shop and I eat one, I now have to do 100 push-ups that day. 
I did fifteen yeah. push. I I every once in a while I'll I'll go into the room. Especially I ain't at once when everybody's at lunch. <laughs> when everybody's at lunch, and I'm the only one at the office. I'll go into the room and bust out a quick fifteen push ups just to keep it going. Do you are you a are you a lift to fail guy? Or are you a strict uh, set guy? Fail, definitely fail. I feel that's the only way you're, you're breaking down the muscle fiber. If you're looking for you know sh- strength and you know muscle muscle building, because. By the way, going to the gym is a horrible way to actually lose weight. Um, you need cardio to lose weight, and then the gym to help put on muscle mass. So if you're that is correct. if you're wanting now, to strictly lose weight, uh, throwing weights around. Which, by the way, you lazy fox, if you're going to go to the gym to move weights around, go ahead and include the time where you actually put the weight back on the rack as part no of your shit, fucking dude, set. Dude, it's getting worse. Dude, it doesn't I'm, exist anymore. I'm chasing plate. I'm cha- walking around the gym trying to find plates. That's we, your, and that's your cardio. That's <laughs> your cardio now. Yeah, you went. For, they used to call that a fireman carry. Now it's called find the weights. <laughs> and I, Gordon and I talked about this before. It's not so bad at crunch because they got more than you know four of each weight. But when I went to Planet Fitness, you'd be like, "There's four. There's four twenty pound dumbbells. There's four twenty five, and there'd be two chicks over there in the corner, and they would have the tens, the fifteens, the twenties, and the twenty fives, and both of them would have both instead of sharing. And it's like. You can't do your 15s, put the it's, shit back, grab an, it. It's an entitled society. Oh, yeah. Common sense is not common anymore. It's it's everywhere, no matter where I go around here. We've just, got no less than 10 flat benches. And they're the ones that actually you can rock the weight forward, which I found is the way to go. Keep tearing this shit. Yeah. And, and same thing, t- 10 sets of every ty- size uh, dumbbells. But these guys get their supersets, and they'll have them all piled up around them. You know, and I was talking to one of the guys at work about it. He goes, "Well, that's how we have to get our supersets done, or we can't, we, we won't have any weights. We'll be chasing them everywhere. We can't work out properly." Well, so then fucked everybody else. And right. so, like when Pretty I see much. that, I like I was thinking last time. I was like, next time I see that, I'm going to go to the front counter. I'm like, can I get the um? How much does the fuck everybody else membership cost? <laughs> What's that? Sort of, you know, the fuck everybody else. You know that guy over there. He must own. He must pay for the fuck everybody else membership. Well, that's not a thing. Well, then why is that guy saying fuck everybody else and having all the, you know, it's just, it's so goddamn annoying. And I've got a, a which is why I just log a $44 a year, right? I bet you if I went to Lifetime Fitness, which is $140 to $4 a month, you probably run into the same shit. You know? At Lifetime Fitness at $144 a month, you might as well join CrossFit because that's some CrossFit money right there. Yeah. That shit's insane. How yeah, expensive that is. But, you know, they got climbing walls and everything else. You know, the, the old joke is how do you know someone does CrossFit? They'll let you know. <laughs> don't they ever i developed the joke down here how do you know someone's from ohio the car will tell you all about it <laughs> how many ohio state stickers do you see oh there's all jeep. over out here too man there's jeeps there's a jeep down here it has ohio state logos on every headrest it has the ohio I state see. logo on the back of the fucking tire it has the ohio I state see. license plate ring it's like we get it dude i'm from ohio <laughs> it's like uh, it's just it's so ridiculous and i've been Putting this off, um, speaking of Ohio, sadly, every time we get news from home, it's because someone died. And uh, I was having a pretty good day at work until Gordon decided to text me earlier today. Sorry. A gentleman who was my roommate uh, and best friend before I left Ohio to go to California. We went to high school together. You went to high school together, too, right? We went to high school together. Um, He didn't complete. And... um, we knew each other in high school. We ran around the same circles, but we weren't like, you know, we didn't hang out all the time. But as one gets older and enters into the working realm, 
when I got married and got a job at Horton Emergency Vehicles building ambulances, this gentleman and his brother both worked there. And so we started hanging out. And then when I got a divorce, he moved in, became my roommate, and uh, spent a lot of time together. He's probably 41, maybe 39, 40. He's couple, no, I'm 44, so he's probably 42, 43. He was a year behind me. Um, don't know exactly what happened other than the fact that he did not wake up for work today. Um, passed away. Um, I have a little more details, but I'm not going to go public with it because his family hasn't released it. Um, as of right now, it's nothing nefarious or anything like that. It just seems to be health related. But um, speaking of being old white guys, it's just crazy how the older you get, the more and more this happens. And sadly, it's, I mean, before I was 18, I'd already gone through 10 funerals. And three of those were family members. The rest of them were people my own contemporary age. So, but it's just hard, man. It's like, holy sh- It's one thing, you know, family member, an older person, or, you know, somebody else. But it's like when somebody younger than you dies, it's like, holy. And it's not like of a car accident or, you know. Well, let's just say natural causes. Yeah, it's just, point. it's like, holy fuck. Yeah. And I don't know if that's what made me. That get reminds my ass. us how much older we're getting, right? Yeah, I, don't know. I was gonna say I don't know if that's what made me get my ass on that bike tonight when I was cooking my food, but it's just like, it, I don't know. It's just it's just rough. And so we lived together shortly after nine eleven, mm-hmm. and Gordon and I talk about rehab on this show a lot. Um, the album Southern Discomfort came out right around the time, and this person is actually the one who introduced me to that group. And we used to ride to work together every morning. We just, we wore the fuck out of that CD. And so tonight on the way home, I was pulled up Spotify and pulled up Southern Discomfort and was listening to the songs. And I don't know, it's fucking rough. Sadly, all the photos I have from him is from 2000 because I left Ohio in 2001. But I don't know, man. It's it's just rough sledding. It just goes to show none of us are invincible. And so uh, some of y'all sitting at home or listening to this in your car and you've been thinking about maybe a, doing some lifestyle changes now once again i i left 20 years ago but when he and i lived together we were both two pack a day smokers so i don't know if he ever quit or not but just i don't know it just seems like the way the wind's blowing it was probably maybe health related so i don't know it's just it's just a reminder that we're uh, not getting any younger and we're sure shouldn't getting any more durable despite increases in uh, medical technology so uh no, so just yeah. take that into consideration when you guys are uh, <coughs> sitting around doing nothing. But uh, I don't know. Kind of went through this when my stepmom died. Um, that was a huge life changer for us too. That was another one of those. Just was fine one morning and gone the next. And that's when I really changed as far as not playing Xbox all day and spending more time outside and just you you kind of realize shit, man. Through my thirties, my late twenties and thirties, I spent eight, twelve hours a day just playing Xbox, and now I'm under the mind state of, hey, uh, um, we're gonna have some kick-ass video games when I'm seventy. So uh, when I can't walk anymore because of the eighteen years of skateboarding and snowboarding and the seven years of running and the, and you, I'll have plenty. They'll spawn and die. <laughs> I'll have plenty of time to play video games when I'm eighty and seventy. God, you know, willing, I'm still on this planet. I I just don't want to get to that point where I'm resent the fact that I spent my 30s and 40s and 20s sitting on my ass. And so that's part yeah. of the reason why I'm out doing all the shit I do. And so just uh, another wake-up call, man. Just uh, our our time Seize on this blue marble, uh, you know, sliding around the universe. 
it was uh not that long and so uh get off you know go out and experience life and do things because you never feel like that guy on tiktok get to the fucking gym (laughs) (laughs) that fucking guy so now oh, that that downer's over, before we get to the news, I'm going to pre-emphasize the news. When I say Oregon, Gordon, what do you think? Mount Hood, beautiful mountains. Unfortunately, after 2020, blue-haired, crazy. And, you know. Right. Mike, Matt, when I say Oregon, what do you guys think? Drug problem. Oh, wait, I got it. You died of dysentery. <laughs> oh, Oregon Trail, that's right. We're going back to the 8-bit game. Oregon's con- well. Full disclosure: This is uh, New York Post, so they they have a left leaning lean. But anyhow, according to their title, Oregon conservative counties consider succeeding joining Greater Idaho. Wouldn't that oh, be this fucking is old great? News. <laughs> well, actually, this is of October thirteenth, twenty twenty two, so not that old because it's back in the talk again. Yeah, it comes around. It's Two like conservative succeeding, and and parts. Remember when California wanted to split into three? I actually wouldn't think that's a bad idea. Yeah, I, those motherfuckers keep coming here. Two conservative <laughs> counties in eastern Oregon will vote on a ballot measure in November to decide whether to leave one of the most liberal states in the country to join the western neighbors in a newly redrawn greater Idaho. Wasn't that a B-52 song? <laughs> what, greater Idaho? Yeah, the Greater Idaho Movement seeks to make 15 of Oregon's counties and part of two other compromising, uh, sorry, and two others comprising roughly two-thirds of the Beaver State's land area as part of Idaho. You should see the map. It's pretty crazy. Um, supporters of the movement say that as largely conservative and sparsely populated eastern counties have much more in common with the Republican-led Idaho than the crazy left-leaning Oregonians whose politics are dominated by the state's uh, densely populated cities in the West. Oh, and they're dense. (laughs) Yeah, right. It makes more sense for Eastern Oregonians to get state-level governance uh, coming from Idaho, where they share the same values, share the same culture, and share their politics than it does to be governed by Western Oregon, greater uh, Idaho spokesperson Matt McCall told Fox News. To date... Nine of Oregon's 36 counties have voted in favor of exploring changes to the state's border and two others. Morrow and Wheeler will vote to endorse the idea on early election day. In Morrow County, the measure requires that the county board of commissions to meet three times a year to discuss how best to promote their county's interest in, quote, any negotiations regarding the relocation of the Oregon-Idaho state border. I mean, we got to get all new maps for our schools. In Wheeler County, residents will vote on the uh, to request Oregon state lawmakers to allocate tax dollars to work towards moving the Idaho border. It's not a physical border. We got to buy. We got to get a bunch of people up there and pick up that dotted line and slide it to the west. We got to get paint. Earlier maps had the borders of Great Don't Idaho paint a bunch extending of as the border, please. As far as the Pacific Ocean, however, the proposed border was redrawn after less than fifty percent of the voters in two counties in the southwestern Oregon voted in favor of leaving. According to Fox News, quote: "Our whole core, our whole core principle is that people deserve to have their kind of governance that they want and that they share the same values." Of course, they can't just up and vote. The federal government's got to prove it. Idaho's got to approve it. Oregon's got to approve it. But, and I'm not saying, hey, if you live in a state where you don't agree with the uh, governance, let's just 
succeed. I'm not saying it's a good idea, but in this case, I'm not saying it's a bad idea either. It's almost one of those positions where it's like we almost need to let it happen so that maybe some politicians will open their fucking eyes and think, okay, maybe we need to start focusing on the on the people and less on the, the politics of the day and the news stories of the day. And that's the problem. I actually have been not reading the news much lately or watching local TV because of the ads are just so bad for political season. But um, the problem is you read the AP or anything and everything is pinned in a way that, you know, one side says the other. We'll say the left says the right. It's it's all disinformation, and this is bad for the democracy, and and you can't tell lies and get away with it, and this and that. And, I, and as a guy who's not not a Republican nor Democrat, I'm like, you both are doing the same shit. Mm-hmm. Knock it off. You know that AP stands for asshole publications. I'm, I'm, I'm a libertarian. I guess that actually put me on the list too. Before but, we get uh, to the news, you brought it up. Advertisements. Uh huh. Mike, Matt, is it me? Or do you get slightly annoyed and pissed off when you hear Ford commercials talking about when Hurricane Ian came through, we're here for you. So if you got paint damage, come on down. Rusty out of the fucking factory in 2020, 2021. You're listening to Pandora and Lowe's. When Ian come through town, we're part of your neighborhood. That's why we put the important shit up front so you can find it quicker. Isn't distaste for large corporations that use natural disasters by name and all their fucking advertisement because they want to quote-unquote relate? Now, for three guys who didn't suffer a whole lot of loss, it's not a big deal, but I can imagine the people like my dad and the people in Fort Myers Beach, Sanibel, Pine Island, who lost fucking everything. Maybe not them are cynical assholes such as myself, but I find it in bad taste. It's horrible taste. Yep. Agreed. It's kind of like no, no good tragedy. Don't let any tragedy. Don't let go good to tragedy waste, go to waste. Right? What do you Except think, this Mike? This is the corporate version of it. <laughs> Could you imagine if they did that for mass shootings? Mm. When your schools got shot up, that's our community too. So if your car's got any bullet holes in them in the parking lot, come on down to Rick's car lot. We'll fix you up real good. No, that shit wouldn't fly, but. You know, hurricane come by an F one fifty and get an AR. Protect yourself. Yeah, right. Well, I think they do that in Texas. Yeah, but Which I have any, no problem with. I'd love to buy a truck and get a free gun. Wouldn't you though? Somebody did that, and boy, people were fucking pissed. Oh, a Black Rifle gave uh, their their employees the rifles. Yep. I mean, hell, it's in the name. By the way, you can find them at Joining us live from the uh, formerly at Computer's new desk in Las Vegas, Nevada, it's Gordon. Gordon, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. Good, uh, real great. I'm not going to go into the so story, bright. but I did read that Kroger's is merging with Albertsons. I thought Kroger's bought Albertsons. No, they're no, doing it now. That was Albertsons still exists. <laughs> Absolutely, they're like the third largest grocery store chain in the world. Albertsons. They own Vons and Safeway out on this side of the country. Yeah, we had Albertsons when I moved down here in 2004, but they yeah. got all bought out and uh, and turned into Publixes. Basically, it sounds like they just skedaddled out of Florida and, and Publix took over. You can't compete with Publix. They're like the goddamn mob. There's one every six miles. I bet you. I bet you Publix can't compete with Kroger's. It's like um, Eckerd's getting taken over by CVS. Yeah. No, so it's actually... It Welcome like Kroger, to four white guys Kroger's talking about like grocery stores. Kroger's has four times the valuation. So <laughs> Kroger's going to be the big monster now who's there out of our hometown of Cincinnati. 
And uh, we got that. Now I got a question. This is a. I want you to guess the place that this happened. I'm living in the air in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. A detained detained man was resisting arrest and decided to start biting a service dog. That's fucked up. Officers were called. Dog might get rabies. Huh? The dog might get rabies. All right. I'm just wondering, what location in the world is this? Germany. Huh? Germany. What was that, Matt? Officers were called to a dispute between a two 29-year-old man and a 35-year-old woman. Ah, She's robbing the cradle. Shortly after midnight. The trio acted in an extremely aggressive and uncooperative fashion, according to police. In the words of my good friend Mark Haney, nothing good happens after midnight. <laughs> Officers were only able to overpower one of the men by using massive physical force, according to the report. In the course of the restraining or resisting arrest, the 29-year-old man also bit the police dog. Turn about turning the tables on a cop dog. But the dog was like, what the hell? The statement said, adding that the canine did not sustain any injuries. Yeah, the guy's bite ain't nothing compared to theirs. Not to mention, Meanwhile, a 35-year-old woman injured fur. the police officer with a punch to the face. Ooh. So you got three people, two guys fighting, and a, and a, and a woman. Guy bought, bit the dog. The cop dog and the woman punched the cop. Well, hold on, let me pause the story real quick because inquiring minds want to know. If I'm six foot five. Uh-huh. Let's oh, just, you're getting tased right away. Let's just say 215 pounds on a good day. And I identify as a female, and I were to punch a woman cop in the face. Obviously, I'd get bringing up on a, a battery upon a law enforcement officer, but would there be extra charges for me being a man beating on a woman, or is it woman on woman because I identify as a lady? That's a good question. It's kind of like a domestic case, say, in Ohio. A guy and a girl gets into it, and... Police come and well, let's they say hypothetically the, guy right the woman's the guy pregnant. Says, I'm, a female. I'm a woman. You can't arrest me. <laughs> well, they would say actually, sir, domestic violence is anytime two people cohabitate, so it don't matter what the sexes are in that case. Yeah, but the uh, usually the guy gets arrested, right? Yeah. But in if my the guy experience, says, I'm a guy, I'm a girl. Hypothetically <laughs> speaking, if you're a senior in high school and a 21 year old beats you up and you go to jail and you look like the fucking crow and two pockets shot, yeah. <laughs> So I've heard. <laughs> anyway, where did this You get out place? of jail and you go to school the next day and you get $40 and a bag of pretzels. Florida. I say Florida. I say Germany. Don. Bing, 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 bing. Berlin. Yeah, wow. bull. Fuck. Eichnein Berliner. Yep. Und Scheiße. Coming in from one Swamp Scott, Massachusetts. You know, I talk about walking my doggos in the morning and I... I see coyotes. By the way, joining the small dog club, Matt's coming in with a little pup named Foxy, who is a... Corgi. Corgi. So now we have a Boston... Ah, uh, you got a Corgi butt now. Mm-hmm. And the inventor, that, that is the dog that the Sploot was named after. Watch That's your mouth. It. This is a family show, sir. <laughs> you know what a Sploot is? Watch your mouth. Is that? It sounds like kind of like what you are saying earlier. What do you call it? Straight... Straight up, you said something about straight um, drone, straight drone footage. Sound like weird porn. Wow, where's your mind, bro? I don't know. I thought the testosterone got me revved up. 
Um, the wine got him revved up. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> 19 crimes. Matt can attest. This is good shit for $9. He's going to start doing paintings now and uh, chatting <laughs> with the lady. Uh, it's no man of Chevitz, but it'll get you by, huh, fella? <laughs> Swamp Scott, Massachusetts. That is an interesting name for a word. That sounds uh, like a place out in the like Everglades. Yeah, it sounds like it stink too. Um, coyotes surrounded a person walking their dogs, and that is coyotes plural. Ooh. Located north of Boston. Boston. Matt, you you are definitely from the East Coast. Where are you from? Long Island. Long Island. All right. Cool. Now here's a fun here's a fun game. Name the ethnicity. Of what? Italian. Gordon. Oh, of Richter? No, of Matt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say... Are you related to Johnny Richter of Cottonmouth Kings by any chance? Hold on. (laughs) I would say Matthew Richter. I I would say that is maybe Austrian. You're you're close by the country, but... the real heritage is what Don is looking for. He's part of the tribe. I was about to say, do you got a you got one of them hats with the little propeller on the top of it? <laughs> got one of them. There you go. Well, Star actually, I've, somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I see it. So check it out. I uh, I've been doing some continuing some research on our family lineage, and we have a. There, I, I decided to to track down a name that just would stick out, and there was. What was her name? He's having a senior moment. Yeah, (laughs) having a senior. Basically, it was a name that went back on my great grandmother's side to a Shalom. Oh, Elizabeth Israel was her name. So it went back to a Shalom Israel of. I forgot the name of of New York. So we also have. We're part of the tribe. The tribe blood in us. Unfortunately, we didn't get the good sense with money, but hey, you know. No, the the white trash Irish side came up predominantly on our family for that. Scots, that's a Scottish last name you got there, bud. <laughs> but yes. Um, so anyway, these coyotes surrounded a person while walking their dog north of Boston over the weekend, but I was apparently scared off by police cruisers that arrived to help. I would just start yelling at the dogs with the old get on now, get. Get on now, get. Police in Swampscott received the call around 9.30 p.m. Saturday from a dog walker who said they were surrounded and that the coyotes were not backing down. Uh, According to police on a Facebook post, uh, the officers counted at least nine coyotes and they uh, retreated after the arrival of the cruisers with their flashing lights. Uh, police escorted a dog walker and her pet to their home with no additional danger, of course. Police also posted tips for the Humane Society with how to deal with bold coyotes, uh, urging residents to be aware of their surroundings when walking the dogs, especially in the evenings when the coyotes are most active. I find it about 4 a.m. here. And police are recommending people bring noisemakers, squirt guns, or pepper spray with them to scare the coyotes. Or just bring a fucking gun. Can we... These northeastern well, states. Technically, I'm not even allowed to discharge an air rifle in this fucking. Settled in 1629, incorporated in 1852, and they're telling people to bring bear spray. How many people do you think live in a fine incorporated area of Swampscott, Massachusetts? 14,000. 60,000. 60 with a zero? Yes. Matt? 8,000. And Scott, you taught me a lovely place such as Swamps, the. Famous Swampscott, Massachusetts has 8,000 people. 
Mike, if I had money, you would win 15111 as of 2020. Damn. You're right there on it now. I will say if we were playing by prices right rules, Matt would have won. <laughs> you got close without going over. But, yeah. And uh, final story is one I alluded to earlier in the show. Uh, coming in out of Tallahassee, Florida via the AP, a winning $494 million, with an M. Dollar lottery ticket was sold in the city, battered by. You know Ian. that's only three hundred thirty-one million after taxes, son of a bitch. And if you take well, if you take it all <laughs> at once, you're getting half of it. Mm-hmm. But uh, a winning lottery ticket for the worth the share of four hundred ninety-four million dollar Mega Millions jackpot was purchased in Southwest Florida city, hammered by Hurricane Ian late last So what month. you're saying is some hurricane rescue worker came down here and bought a damn lottery yeah. ticket and went back to Jacksonville and won the fucking lottery. Yeah, some lineman who scored with the bucket bunnies really big also scored big on his money. Florida lottery officials Monday said uh, one of two winning tickets that was purchased at a 7-Eleven in Fort Myers and the other winning ticket was bought in California. God damn it, I bought all mine in Montana. Hurricane Ian made Could you landfall. imagine having to drive to another state to get a fucking Powerball lottery because you live in a fucking weird state? Oh, you guys can go down and spend your life savings at the fucking casino and the gas station, you but if you want a lottery ticket, you gotta go across the border. Prostitutes, but you gotta go. You're like to somebody California. living in Ohio driving to Indiana to get fucking fireworks. And, uh, by that, so Hurricane Ian, as we know, made landfall as Cat Four. I'm really surprised they didn't upgrade that to a Cat Five at some point. No, it was like two two miles an hour off. Two miles an hour. Yep. Just round up. What's uh, <laughs> two miles an hour at this point? I mean, it's like, okay, now it's a five. Uh, has been blamed for more than 100 fatalities in the state and a third deadliest, blah, blah, blah. We know this. So uh, th- according to uh, Florida, lottery winners have 180 days to claim their prize. Under new state law, lottery winners can cl- remain anonymous for 90 Good. days from the day they claim their winnings. For 90 days? So that means you have 90 days to dodge your fucking relatives? Well down, well, down there, you're going to be dodging more than relatives right now. Hey, you want to invest in uh, the Lonnie Kai and pick it back up? <laughs> <laughs> we need uh, some new sky sky tables up here. So past winners have also set up legal trust. I've always thought of what would happen if, you know, the rare cases I buy a lottery ticket twice a year wins is that uh, nobody knew shit. They'd be contacted by my lawyers. I'm sorry, but if you want the Powerball and you want to invest in a business on Fort Myer Beach, you need to bring back that little white place to the right of the line, Kai, that sold the world's best black and grouper. Was that the one that still had the American flag still standing? Probably. That was the place we all went after Melody's funeral. Yeah, That's where I was supposed to play last Friday. What was it? Uh, uh, last gig. That was one of those joints that had like two names. The uh, cottage yeah, the and shutters at the cottage. Yes, they have the best. They had the best black and grouper on the fucking beach. I think that's when I first came down to see Don. I was like, "Gotta go here. Gotta get that black and." That grouper. was my favorite place. He, he talked up that black and grouper like he talked up uh, maybe more so than In and Out when he first moved to California. No, I was I was more on the Baja Freshwood bandwagon back then. We still have one here. I haven't been there in a while. Yeah, but, uh, the closest ones in Tampa Airport. To fly out of but Tampa the, now. Oh, yeah, you. That is it for there news. Goes, there goes the quality of a production of this fucking show. This concludes the evening news, and now back to the Act Computer Studio in Cape Coral, Florida. It's no longer the Act Computer Studio, and if you want to sponsor the studio, please send us an email at info at d-410.com. And while you're on your computer, send in an email telling us how bad we suck. Please head over to d-410.com, click on the Patreon link, and like and subscribe and sign up. It'll only cost you a dollar a month. 
and it'll go a long way to help buy me $9 bottles of wine so I can get drunk on the podcast like I've been doing lately and help uh, contribute to things we do on the show. And while you're there, also go to YouTube channel and watch some of our videos and our fishing content. And while you're also at d-410.com, up there in that toolbar, click on the Tackle Your Personal Best podcast and check out Mike's podcast. Episode 7 and 8 are up right now. You can find all of our podcasts here on the Digital 410 Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and where any fine podcast and well, let's face it, there's 200 million podcasts enrolled. Any mediocre podcasts are found. <laughs> Download them and enjoy them today. Um, that is just about going to wrap it up. I want to thank Mike, Gordon, Matt, and everyone for uh, hanging out with us and contributing. And um, we're going to about wrap this bad boy up. And I want to say thanks to everybody. And we will talk to you all next week. This has been a Digital 410 production. Ha <laughs> ha